This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox and Friends, it's America's receptive voice, Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everyone. Thanks for being here, everyone. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show coming to you from New York City, which if there's any luck, if we can have any luck at all, we will be done with the no cash bail law soon in this great country of ours. Uh, also, we will have a chance uh, this hour to to be joined. Let me just try to get these TV set uh, to be joined by uh, Julie Banderas and we'll do a simulcast on Barney and Company. And I'm going to put the big three on hold right now because I have one of my best uh, guests I could possibly have. If you're American, we certainly owe him a debt of gratitude. His name is Ken Burns, our premier documentarian historian in this nation, who has taken on, I would say, the awesome task on taking on a person I believe outside Washington might be America's MVP. Uh, Ken Burns, congratulations on your, congratulations on your newest project, Benjamin Franklin. It airs uh, in two parts, April 4th and 5th on PBS, of course, uh, beginning at 8 o'clock. Uh, Ken, welcome back. Thank you, Brian. It's great to hear your voice again. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll tell you, I'll get right out of the uh, out of the box. I think uh, there's a moment uh, in the film where you think, wow, maybe he's more important than Washington, because Washington's outside of Yorktown there with 9,000 of his colonial uh, regulars, the Continental Army, closed now and armed by the French. Thank you, Benjamin Franklin. Next to him are nearly the uh, same number of uh, French soldiers who've been sent there by the king. Thank you very much, Mr. Franklin. And Cornwallis, the British commander's escape, is blocked uh, by a French fleet that's also outside of Yorktown. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Franklin. So the singular victory, the victory that won our revolution, is all due to the greatest diplomat in American history, who also happens to be the greatest writer of the 18th century, American writer, the great first American humorist, a successful businessman, the greatest scientist in the world that century, a premier inventor, an editor of the Declaration of Independence and the person who forged all the essential and some tragic compromises that created the United States of America. He's older than any of the others. His son is older than Jefferson and Adams and Madison. So you have the wisdom of the age embodied in this man who is by far one of the most compelling figures of the entire 18th century, if not our American story. Absolutely. And, you know, he's, he's not a perfect guy, but, man, did he live it, uh, an incredible life. How did you break it up? You brought it up into two. It's titled Join or Die, 1706 to yeah. 1774, and the second episode, 75 to 1790. Was that tough to make that decision? 
Oh God, yeah. We're moving the goalposts on this thing was 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 really tough, but it's exactly right. I mean, basically, we have the first sixty nine years of his life in episode one, and man, is it jam packed. But in in addition to all the things that I told you about, episode one has this kid growing up in Puritan Boston who has only two years of schooling. So as one of the commentators in the film says, he didn't know what he didn't need to know, so he decided he had to know everything. That's a key to Benjamin Franklin. He just is curious about who he is. He wants to improve himself. He wants to join with other people. He has great sense of civic responsibility and, and paying back. He is, as you suggest, an enslaver of, of household slaves, but he evolves on that, and by the end of episode two, he's an abolitionist. I mean, it's, it's a really great story, but what happens is he's, he, just, he figures out decades before anybody else that there might be this thing called an American, not a British subject in these 13 colonies, but an American. He's a postmaster. He's connected everybody together. If you're in South Carolina and you send a letter from Charleston to Boston, it goes through London. And he goes, no, no, no. So he begins to um, suggest 20 years before the revolution, what was called the Albany Plan of Action, in which he drew a figure of a segmented snake representing the various states cut up, and he says, join or die. And everybody thought it was too radical. He borrowed this, believe it or not, ironically, from Native American Confederation, the Iroquois Confederation, Haudenosaunee, as it was called, that held together the various tribes without warring uh, because they could found a way to resolve disputes. So he suggest this and you know people said no too radical for us but 20 years later when the revolution happens it's the slogan that's adopted join or die with this snake cut up representing the 13 colonies it's brilliant so he understands what it means to be an american but he's nevertheless spends those 20 years mostly in london trying to bridge the gap of the of between the, the colonists and Great Britain. And the rhetoric is escalating on both sides. It's getting out of hand. He's trying really hard. He makes a mistake. It's pretty interesting in the film. But he's excoriated in the cockpit, a place in Whitehall in Westminster where Henry VIII used to have cockfights. And a, guy, a prosecutor screams at him for an hour. And he walked into there a Britain and walks out an American. And so that's sort of the end of the first episode. An event. It's just, it's Riveting, riveting. I mean, the first fire department, there's a Franklin stove, the lightning rod, bifocals. This is nothing this guy couldn't do. Here's an idea of, of, the, of what you'll see in this two-part series, the latest work of Ken Burns on Benjamin Franklin. Let's listen. The American identity begins when Benjamin Franklin knit the American colonies together. Franklin is endlessly interesting. Printer, scientist, revolutionary. He is the only founding father who evidently had a sense of humor. His vision is broader than the American Revolution. The things that he spoke of, that he wrote about, had a certain amount of power. He really was an American genius. And he's somebody uh, played a role in the writing of the Constitution, uh, the Declaration of Independence, uh, rather. He was a delegate yeah. of the Constitutional uh, Convention. He wasn't somebody yeah, to fight in the war. He was older than that time, right, Ken? Yes, exactly. Way older. And he, and he forges those compromises. If you go back to the Declaration, Jefferson charged with writing it, beautiful document, obviously, sends it to Franklin first for his edits. He's an editor, right? He's a printer. And um, he says, we hold these truths to be sacred and undeniable. And Franklin goes, hang on a second, Tom. We're in the age of enlightenment. 
we're governed by reason and experiment and by um, rationality. We hold these truths to be self-evident. And you can see the cross out of sacred and undeniable. Man, it gives you goosebumps, right? And right. there's the word self-evident. If that isn't, as one of our commentators says, a world-class suggestion, it was just just fantastic. It was just fantastic. And then, you know, he's going to be there to forge it. I mean, he's, he's in at every little thing creating us and the U.S. And, you know, a big important thing is He's on the $100 bill. It's the largest bill in basic circulation in the United States, right? People don't brandish anything higher than a $100 bill usually, right? And he's the symbol of upward mobility. He's the symbol of striving. He's a poor kid from Boston, brings himself up. But we're missing half the picture. It was always tethered, as you said, to this idea of civic responsibility, about giving back, about the, about the unum as well as the pluribus. And so he does start volunteer fire departments. He does create a police force. He starts a university. He starts the first free lending library. He starts a, um, a, a philosophical society. In fact, that's where the first copy of the Declaration is. You can go see it in there in Jefferson's handwritten, very accessible, looks like my messy handwriting. Uh, but, you know, a lot more important than anything I'll ever write. Uh, and it's all there. And it's, you know, this man comes alive. He gives us a portal into our founding where that doesn't seem so far away. It doesn't feel like waistcoats and right. breeches and powdered wigs. It feels like a real person struggling to be a better person, a more perfect person, as the preamble, the Constitution says, struggling to pursue happiness, which was not material things. It was lifelong learning for the founders. All of them felt that. And he was, capital H happened with he, that. And he was also, I mean, so many things. I remember reading his first biography. I think it was like 100 pages, and it talked about how, you know, he worked for his brother and then just went on his own to Philadelphia, and he had very little in his pocket. One thing sticks out with me. I'll paraphrase it. He said, I have almost nothing in my pocket, but then someone asked me for money. I don't know why I was compelled. Why is it that when you have so little, you, you're always the first to give, but maybe you don't want people to know how little you have? So he started you know, off on I, meager I, means. Yeah, this is this is really true. He was an indentured servant, one 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 notch short of being a slave, an enslaved person. He was an indentured servant to his older brother James in the print shop, and because he was so good, he would send in these anonymous letters under the name of Silence Do Good and poke fun at Cotton Mather, the reigning you know uh, religious figure of the time, and and their dogmas. And finally, the brother becomes so jealous that it's impossible, and he runs away, and you know steals gets on a ship and ends up in Philadelphia. But what we find is that people with nothing often give more, a greater percentage of what they have yeah. than people who a lot. Because if you've got a hundred bucks and somebody says, hey man, your friend says, I really need a hundred bucks, you give it to him. Franklin was about that kindness and that generosity. If you've got a thousand bucks, Somebody comes to you and says, hey, give me 100. You go, well, then I'll only have 900. <laughs> so you're just, you know, the calculus, if, okay, I've got a billion. Can you lend me 100 million? You know, <laughs> whatever it is, it, get, it just gets a little bit. And thank goodness, you know, in our country, philanthropy right. is at the heart of what I do. You know, all my stuff is on public broadcasting. And, and that, besides the broadcast, it'll be available, you know, streaming for, forever for all those on all the PBS platforms. But I don't get these films made unless Bank of America is generous. Exactly. Unless, uh, 
various individuals. David Rubenstein, the philanthropist, uh, uh, the patriotic philanthropist, is generous, and the Better Angels Society and the and, Park Foundation, and the, you yeah. know, that sort of stuff. We, I, we I watch it, I, and I got your PBS app, too. Here's another cut of some of the quotes that you say you find out, or some of them were kind of stolen and reworked. Let's listen. Cut 36. He that lies down with dogs shall rise up with fleas. God helps them that help themselves. Haste, he said, makes waste. And lost time is never found again. God heals, and the doctor takes the fees. A countryman between two lawyers is like a fish between two cats. The greatest monarch on the proudest throne is obliged to sit upon his own arse. Franklin is endlessly quotable. You could live your life, I think, in Franklin aphorisms, most of which we should say are stolen from other people, but slightly reworked. So in Franklin's version, they're in a better form. Three can keep a secret if two of them are dead. (laughs) (laughs) I love that last one. About the process. I know you did it from Walter Isaacson's book, but I always love to hear your... work with Walter. Oh, you'd work work with with him? So... Uh, And and he's camera, but we have lots of uh, the, the last one we just heard is Stacey Schiff, who wrote a magnificent book about uh, Jefferson's diplomatic genius in convincing the French um, another monarch to, you know, fight another monarch. It's great. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. But I love when you, since you have such fundamental knowledge to begin with before you start these projects outside maybe Muhammad Ali, I'm not sure. What did you learn that you said, oh my goodness, I cannot believe he did that, or I can't believe, good or bad, what did you learn about uh, Benjamin Franklin? I think I inherited the way most of our listeners have, you know, that the, the, the lightning needed to strike the kite. It didn't. Um, and, and a few of the things, the aphorisms, the sense of being pulling up by the bootstraps, the civic commitment to, to the us of us of the United States, you know, all of that intimacy, all of the things he sacrificed. He held all those inventions you listed at the beginning, Brian, without patent. He shared them with humanity. It's the lightning rod based on his scientific principles. I mean, the things that we use today about electricity, I'm presuming you're not an expert in electricity, but, but when we say negative and positive, most people understand what we're talking. When you say battery or charge or conductor with regard to electricity, people know what you're talking about. These are all Franklin words that he borrowed from other parts of the lexicon to help people understand this fundamental thing. And then he goes, but none of this is useful if unless I do something. So he invents the lightning rod, which sounds like a nothing thing. It saves thousands of lives a year without patent. Same with the stove, same with the catheter, same with the bifocal, same with all of the things. He charted, he's the first person to chart the Gulf Stream and and explain why it's harder to go, uh, why it takes longer to go in one direction than the other, and why it's warmer and where it's warmer. You know, it's just, he's he's omnivorous in his curiosity about the facts of life. He looks at the human circulatory system and then looks at a leaf and the veins in the leaf and he, you know, extrapolates some, some great thought. He's just always improving. And I, as I said, the most important thing is he thinks, you know, it's okay to own slaves. And then all of a sudden he starts a school for black kids and it's 
stunned to find out in Philadelphia that they have exact same potential and aptitude as white kids. And then all of a sudden, he no longer has slaves, and he is the president at his last year of his life of the, of the Pennsylvania Society for the Abolition of Slavery, and he introduces into the new United States government a thing he is as responsible as anyone for creating, uh, proposing the abolishment of slavery. The Senate doesn't even take it up. The House goes nuts and says no and votes it down, um, and of course, uh, four score and five years from when the declaration was signed, we'll go to civil war over that. But he's there on the right side of things at the right moment, right. well before the abolitionist movement really gets started in the United States in the 1820s and 30s. Ken, you got a busy day. Uh, you have to go to another interview. We have to go to a break, but I can't. Uh, thanks so much for giving us some time. We appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Brian. Please take care. Uh, Absolutely. And it's a a great series. I'm so glad you did it. Ken Burns, thanks. It'll be uh, April 4th and 5th at 8 o'clock. You can follow him at Ken Burns and find out details about Benjamin Franklin. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.